0: Welcome to the Cyber Guy Podcast, your source for engaging cyber education, cyber discussions, and a look at current cyber news and trends with retired FBI Special Agent Darren Mott. Good morning, evening, afternoon, friends. Whatever time you are listening to the Cyber Guy podcast, I thank you so much for taking the time to download, listen, like, do all the things you do with podcasts. In this episode, I'm going to talk to Tracy Hawkins, the safety lady, um, about a variety of different topics. It was a, a very interesting conversation with her. Uh, she focuses her life on on uh, how to protect folks in the real estate world, and, and a lot of the things that she talks about can be obviously transposed into into other business sectors. So it was an engaging conversation. It's actually lot I live streamed it while I did it. So if you follow me on LinkedIn, you can see that live stream there. You can go to the um, Get Cyber Smart YouTube channel and you can see it there as well if you're so inclined. Or you can just listen to it here on the audio version of the Cyber Guy podcast. So uh, in this episode, I got a couple of data breaches I want to talk about first to start with, just to, to make the point that data breaches are certainly not slowing down. They are continuing on. And if you are a small to medium, medium-sized business owner, get some help. Figure out what that is. If you don't have a CISO, find some kind of virtual or fractional CISO option. Um, Get someone to help you devise and create a strategy to protect your information. So the first one uh, is, both of these articles are from cybernews.com. I've been... um, in contact with one of the reporters there he asked me some questions about the hive the hive takedown so hive was a ransomware group that the fbi and, and a host of international partners took down their infrastructure a couple of weeks ago it's a, it's a it's a good win for law enforcement um unfortunately it's like the drug war you can take off a few you know dealers but the bad stuff is still going on as indicated here this is uh, february 5th which is the day I'm recording this podcast. Uh, This is Stephanie Schappert, senior journalist for cybernews.com. U.S. Cellular confirms customer data posted on dark web is from a recent breach. So in in an exclusive, Cyber News exclusive, well, an exclusive, we have an update on the hacked U.S. Cellular customer database our research team found up for grabs on the dark web earlier this week. And that is really where it's impressive that some of these news articles, news organizations rather, are going onto the dark web and looking for intelligence. Cause there's a lot of intelligence out there and there's a lot of tools like shadow dragon and some other ones that are out there that allow you to kind of research that safely. So, so, so kudos to them, but U.S. Cellular spokeswoman Katie Fry has confirmed the stolen customer data, which was posted by a reputable hacker on Breached, one of the world's top five leak sites, is from a recent breach of one of their, and here we go, third-party vendors. The hacker known on the site as Intel Broker posted the data as a free download link claiming the breach was from January 2023 involving 144,000 customers. Now, chances are there may have been more hard to say. Um, But it's interesting that, again, a third-party vendor lost the data. Because think about this, you see a lot of articles about using cloud services to secure your data, using third parties for security. And certainly all those things are good, important, if used correctly, if the third party you are using has good security in place themselves. There's a lot of companies that are popping up in the cybersecurity world that are looking Um, at cashing in on the needs of people with cybersecurity needs, but they don't take the time to deal with the internal cybersecurity risks of uh, themselves. And so... You're going to continue to see this and i recommend for any company looking to use a third-party vendor and and honestly in my current job i am one of those entities i, I work for a company that is providing those services uh, and if you are a small and medium-sized business you need to check your third-party vendors to make sure they are ha- they have the means to protect your data all of your data should be encrypted at rest so that if a bad guy gets in and steals information from you they can't do anything with it because it's encrypted how this information is being taken and it's not encrypted is beyond me. Um, but maybe I don't understand the, the depth of the particular leak and how they're getting the information. But I mean, le- theoretically, if they had legitimate access through a user account on the site, which is possible then they could have seen that data unencrypted and taken it that way. So I mean, there are a lot of different ways this can happen, but it just goes to show that these things continue to happen. I, I highlight these just as illustrations for you to think about if you have not been a victim of a cyber intrusion, a cyber breach, um, you know, be, hap- be, be, you should be be thankful you're not because it's coming to you at some point, uh, which indicated by this other article from today, February 5th, 2023, um, Gigita Lapiente, I apologize if I mispronounced her, her, her last name. She's chief editor for cybernews.com. And this, this particular, I'll be honest with you, this, this, this headline hurts. Five guys allegedly hit by ransomware. Now, if you don't know who five guys is, then, um, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Five guys is the home of probably the greatest hamburger slash French fry combination in the world, but the black hat ransomware gang has listed five guys on its data leak site on Saturday. This is February 4th. Five guys name appeared on black cats blog. The threat actor shared a preview of the data. It allegedly stole from the company judging from the screenshot by the gang. And if you go to the article on Cybernews.com, news.com, you can kind of see the screenshot. They managed to access banking statements, international payroll data. That's bad for five guys. Information about recruitments, audit information, among other things. Threat actor said this was the first dump of data hinting there could be more black cat hasn't specified whether the victim has been given a deadline to pay the ransom. The gang shared its screenshot indicating the data was stolen from 2021. So that's, that's certainly not good. Um, so five guys has over 1700 stores worldwide, more they employ more than 5,000 people. Um, and so attackers breached five Guys servers on September 17th, 2022, an investigation revealed threat actors accessed information submitted to the company in connection with Uh, the employment process, which is interesting how that would occur. But anyway, the point being here, especially the problem for for Five Guys is going to be if there's international payroll data, that's information on people uh, probably in Europe, which is going to get them in trouble with the GDPR rules over there. So there are lots of fines coming Five Guys' way. So I guess all that can say to that is your hamburgers and french fries are probably going to become more expensive. Again, a side problem that all of these data breaches um, contain So chances are the bad guys were in these systems for a while. We we're able to get get into the backup system so that even if you tried to back up from from your backup, if ideally five guys had a backup, uh, they would still have their ransomware and then have all those issues. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, these ransomware guys are getting smart. It's becoming a business. I actually saw an article this week where it said um, cyber crime groups are hiring. So... You can go work for a cybercrime group and do whatever they do. Uh, I would recommend obviously against it because it's going to put you in the crosshairs for law enforcement, depending on where you live. But you know, you got to do what uh, you got to do. So with that, those are a couple news articles for the week. I'm actually talking to a friend about potentially writing a book called uh, "A Hack a Day," which will highlight. Um, Data breaches that occurred on a specific day of the year, because chances are, for all 365 days, at this point, there has been a hack on that day. And then, kind of talk about what those things have in common, how these companies are going to protect themselves, whether anyone will read it, God only knows. But I'm just in the kind of thinking about that phase. Of I think it's an interesting idea. Feel free to let me know, Darren at the CyberGuy.com. If you have thoughts or comments on future episodes, you can hit me at that same email. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, later this week, I'm going to interview. Uh, private investigator, uh, and talk about scams against seniors from his experience. So that'll be coming out hopefully later in uh, this week. But with that, let me get to today's interview, Tracy Hawkins, the safety lady. Welcome to this live stream of the Cyber Guy podcast. I am your host, retired FBI supervisory special agent, Darren Mott. And in this live stream, I'm going to have a special guest here in a minute. I'll introduce her uh in just a second but uh so what i'm doing here now with my cyber guy podcast i did this a little bit with the get cyber smart podcast um i am streaming this and uh, then posting the podcast piece for my interviews now i'm going to do interviews i'm going to live stream the interviews both on my linkedin and my youtube channel uh and uh bring in a guest talk to them and then i'll go back and do the front end piece where I talk about cyber news and the back end piece. And that will be available on the audio version of the Cyber Guy podcast. So feel free to check that out at your favorite uh, podcast providers. So, my guest today is Tracy, the Safety Lady Hawkins. She's a former real estate agent who has taught thousands of agents across the country and internationally to live and work safely for over 28 years. Uh, Tracy is a safety expert contributing writer for the National Association of Realtors, Realtor Magazine, Realtor.org. She wrote the most read article of the year in 2017. She is also uh, selected to speak nationally at the National Association of Residential Proper Managers and Realtor.com in 2021 and has presented for Women's Council of Realtors, RRC chapters and more. She's been featured in real estate industry publications. She's been on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News affiliates, Women Up. She's been all over the place. So let me welcome to the podcast, Tracy, the safety lady, Hawkins. Tracy, welcome to the Cyber Hi Guy podcast.
1: There, no, I'm so happy to be here. Well, I appreciate you reaching
0: out to, to Come on and, and talk. We're gonna talk a host of different things. I'm going to, uh, ideally we're gonna talk about uh, artificial intelligence, chat GTP and GPT and stuff like that. But first I wanna get into what got you started down the range or down the road to be the safety lady.
1: Where does it start? Um Years ago, I was working a regular job and I've always had this entrepreneurial uh, part of me and always, even from a teenager, always starting little businesses, something here or there. And then after working in the corporate world, it's like, I don't wanna do this. So I pulled out my entrepreneurial magazines and it's like, what is a growing market that not a lot of people are doing that has a good um, result that can help serve the community. And I kept seeing articles about safety businesses, people selling pepper spray, people opening safety stores. And um, I decided that that was the route that spoke to me. So while still working, I started selling uh, safety products part-time, pepper spray alarms to local stores here in Kansas City. And I still sell those products, by the way, But I started selling them. And then next thing you know, I opened a store in a mall and it was all about safety and security, child safety, auto safety, home security, personal safety. I did that for a while. And then I decided that I was a little restless. I needed to get out and speak. Now I happen to have a twin sister who is a real estate agent. She and I got our licenses together and um, she was selling. And I decided, you know, after a few years, it's like, this is not, you know, what I want to do. And so at that point, you know, when in the store, she's like, you need to start talking to agents about safety. No one's doing it. So all of those things came together. And so when I stopped, when I closed the store, I started speaking all around Kansas City. I know they got tired of hearing me. I was at the association. I was at every company. I was all over. And then next thing you know, it was national so people from out of the um, out of state started calling me because no one else was really doing it there was no true leader in the field and no one was doing it the way i did so here i am i'm now i'm international so i'm all over the place like you said
0: cool so i'm gonna so before we go further i'm gonna do one thing because i don't trust myself with the re- streaming yet so i'm just going to turn on my linkedin stream to see if there's audio if there's audio we're good to go, the yeah, go we, there's audio, so we're good to go there so i don't have to worry about that the audio is working correctly i've, I've made that mistake Perfect. once before okay so um so what um what is the what's your cyber piece what is your cyber safety piece that you bring into the real estate community
1: so when I first started, I wasn't talking cyber, and this was 28 or so years ago. I was talking about safe practices and principles. And then I had a friend who was an IT um, cyber guy. He said, wait a minute, what are you doing talking about cyber? One of my areas of expertise is real estate safety. Um, I've walked the walk, been in the shoes, and I talked to thousands of real estate agents about safety. And what I realized is that cyber crime targets the real estate industry especially hard because of the large dollar amount of the transactions. So I had to start including cyber in my trainings and I've been doing that for, I don't know, a couple of decades now. And now it's more important more important than ever. So I do have to talk to real estate agents about um, why cyber crimes are especially hard on the real estate industry.
0: So what were some of the first scams you started seeing two decades ago when you started down this cyber road? What were the, because obviously 20 years ago, 2000, early 2000s, the the bad guys were doing different things certainly than they're doing now. So how have you seen it evolve? What were they doing initially? And then what did it kind of morph, what did it morph into ultimately?
1: When you look at the numbers and you, you're an FBI guy, when you look at the numbers and I um, know that back in 2016, the business email compromise scams, mm-hmm. there were about what, 60 million. If you look at the numbers now, it's 24 billion. because And the the thing that's changed is that people, and I hate to say it, but people have gotten lax and comfortable, and we chatted a little bit about this, and they think it's not going to happen to them. So the business email compromise crime is the one that targets the real estate industry. If you know a real estate agent, you know that they have their phones, they live on their phones, and you know that email is the way they transact their business. All of us, even me, that's the way they do it. So It's been there all the time, but it's growing because we're not handling the business of being cyber secure, uh, keeping agents safe as well as keeping information safe. So that's growing. And it's it's kind of disheartening that it's still growing because people think it's not going to happen to them. So when I get on my soapbox and um, they kind of they they can't tune me out because here I stand in front of you and I'm going to say it and I, I make my programs interactive until everyone understands that this is a crime that is happening now and it's happening all across the industry.
0: So does the industry, so that's a good, that's an interesting point because obviously the, the, the amount of business email compromise is increasing year in and year out. It's like 26 times what the ransomware loss is, at least reported loss. So, but you don't hear them talk, you don't hear the news talk about business email compromise like they do necessarily like ransomware. I'm not sure if it's because it's not as sexy, but um, you know, in the, in the real estate world, I've, we, we had an example, I'll give you an example we had here in Birmingham um, when I was, when I was an agent, we had a guy call up and said, Hey, um, I, w- I went to my, I, w- I was closing on a house. I went to closing or before I went to closing, I got an email saying, you know, wire transfer the funds to this, this account. And I was paying for the whole house in cash. And I think wow. like $300,000, he shows up for closing. They're like, where's your, where's your closing funds? And he said, well, I sent it three weeks ago. And I said, well, we, no, we never got it. So. Um, you know, it's obviously it's a it's a huge issue, but it's in the real estate world. It's got to be known this is a problem. Why are they not taking how, how why aren't they protecting it? How come there's not a, people screaming at, at conferences saying, here's the issue, people come up with ways to make sure you're not getting scammed. But that's still happening. You're year in, year out.
1: you out. You said something. And I in one week um, last year, I heard that term three times and I don't use it. But you said it. Um, safety isn't sexy. It just isn't. No one wants to go to safety classes. Now, you look in a classroom across the industry, the social media classes are packed. The how to make a, a short form video, how to use reels, how to get on TikTok, those classes are packed. But when you look at the safety classes, eh. so here's what I had to do, Darren, in order to make safety Sexy, appealing. I had to um, take the advice of an education director who wanted to hire me, but she couldn't hire me. Um, She said, safety is important, Tracy. I know it is. She said, but it's not a good business investment. And I'm scratching my head trying to figure out, what? You know, I'm talking about life saving. She said, real estate agents will only show up for classes when you teach them how to make more money. So after I got my jaw up off the floor, I got to work. Safety is what I do full-time. I have to make a living doing safety. So I had to think of a way to make safety profitable. So what I did is... Every single one of my safety classes, I have to weave in business building. So in order to get agents to show up for safety so that they know what the problems are, I had to convince them that it's worth your while. Not only am I going to talk to you about being safe and what you need to know to protect the consumer, but I'm going to teach you how to make more money doing it. So I had to build that component in, and because I'm an entrepreneur, a solopreneur even so, I know how to do that. So I had to teach agents, here's how you make it home safely every night. We talk about everything from screening to showing to safe open houses. But then the component that I talk about that I haven't seen any other safety professional really focus on is here's how you're going to protect the consumer. Okay, here's what you're going to do with the seller. So that you can stand out on that seller's listing appointment you're going to walk in with a seller checklist a security checklist instead of talking to the seller about ways how much money they're going to make and how we're going to market your house you are going to be the real estate agent who is leading with safety you're going to walk in the door and say let's do a real quick assessment and make sure your house is going to be safe and your family safe and secure while it's on the market so immediately that by the seller who's already worried and who won't say it out loud about strangers coming in they're thinking oh this agent's looking out for me so this agent is going to walk through with this checklist you know you need to get medicine out of medicine cabinets jewelry out of jewelry boxes, there's stacks of mail and the literature you have here, your financial bank statements, financial statements, your health, and all of that, everything out of sight. You need to depersonalize it. get rid of those family pictures because we don't know who's walking through your house. So they have a whole checklist that I provided for them, and they're going through talking about getting these devices out of sight and how to keep their house safe and strangers are walking through. So that's number one. They are um, focused on protecting them protecting the sellers. So they're leading with safety. Now here's the one, Darren, you're going to love this. Um, Mm -hmm. I started talking about FISBOs, and that's for sell by owners. Um, They don't know what they don't know. So if you think about my business is built on teaching real estate agents to be safe. I teach them in a non-credit class. I teach them for continuing education. I have 13 classes. Okay. So here's the FISBO whose number one concern is saving that commission. And how hard can it be to sell a house, put a sign in the front yard, sell your house? They don't know what they don't know. So they don't know about um, screening. They don't know about the things that I teach agents. They don't know about getting the medicine out of medicine cabinets and jewelry out of jewelry boxes. What I did is I created a safety tip sheet and it has 13 safety tips for FISBOS. I am teaching real estate agents, staple your business card to that sheet. And when you go, and I might have it here somewhere. Oh, here it is. And when you, this is that's 13 and a 7. I think you can see it. Yep. Uh, and then you staple your business card to this. And that way, put your business card on it. Mail it or hand it to them or stick it in their door handle. 13 safety tips for FISBOs. Things they never thought about. Things I teach agents. Put your business card on it. And when they get to number 13, they're going to think, oh, Oh my gosh, I didn't know this was so dangerous. What are we doing? That business card rises to the top. So that's pretty much how I was able to get safety in front of agents. And I I can't count how many states I've been to. Probably all but a handful full. But that's how I've been able to get the door open, how to make safety um, interesting, let's say that.
0: Mm-hmm. And are you how do you incorporate the adding the cyber safety piece to that. Because if you look at the real estate transactional piece, you've got the you've got the selling agent or the buying agent, the person selling the house, the person buying the house, the um, closing shop, the, the lawyers, closing lawyer, I guess maybe I'm mm-hmm. saying that wrong, but um, the appraiser, you have all these people involved in the process. Any one of those could be impacted or intr- get the computer intrusion that gets them in the middle of that process that, redirects that money ultimately. So how do you how do you provide that safety perspective to all of those groups? Is it through the is it through the agents? Is it through the closing attorney? How do you how do you thread that needle?
1: The front line is the agent. The agent is on the front line of all of these transactions. So it's up to the agent to make sure that the consumers are cyber aware. The biggest problem as you know in real estate is wire fraud. And um, that is the, the number one way that people are parted from their money. And that's where real estate agents get to have that conversation. Um, agents have, some of them in some states it's required, others it's not, that you have to sign a form acknowledging that wire fraud is dangerous and you know don't ever respond to a, an email request for wire fraud. Mm-hmm. Don't call numbers within the email or within the uh, request for information. You are to do this. And then it has step-by-step what they need to do. Another thing that real estate agents can do to head this off is they need to have an an email uh, signature that has a disclaimer. Fortunately, the National Association of Realtors provides a wire fraud disclaimer that they can copy and paste and it needs to be in every single outgoing email where they say this is a problem. And the most important part, and I tell this to real estate agents, not just for business building, but you must say the words out loud to your consumers that wire fraud is a problem. And you, so you've done it three, three ways. You've written it, it's in every email, and then you've said it out loud. So there is truly no excuse for there to be victims of wire fraud. However, there are. Let me give you an example. Um, Mm -hmm. You know who Barbara Corcoran is, right? Mm -hmm. How would you describe Barbara Corcoran? Think about Shark Tank. Think about Barbara. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Barbara is, uh, how do I say it politely? You don't want to tangle with Barbara Corcoran, okay? She okay. is spicy, she is sharp, and she is to the point. So Barbara Corcoran, and um, people know her from Short Tank, and she also happened to be probably one of the most successful real estate agents in New York. Um, when she got an investment of about, what, $1,200, $1,400 from an ex-boyfriend to start a real estate company, she sold it years later for $60 million. So she is sharp, she is smart. Mm-hmm. People are surprised. Real estate agents are surprised to learn that she um that she lost about two hundred. I say sixty thousand dollars to a scam. And this is where the business email compromise comes in. Barbara's real estate company. Her um, assistant got an email uh, from a vendor saying, "Hey, you need to pay this invoice." So, no, let me back up. An email from a, a a director at the company saying, "You need to pay the invoice." So she's following directions from her boss. She paid the email pay the invoice. And then when she confirmed, she wrote back and confirmed, hey, got it done. And then the person said, what are you talking about? She said, you sent an email, told me to pay an invoice. And I paid. And the person said, it wasn't me. So when they went back and they looked at the header of the email, it was a number or a letter off. So at that point, they knew what to do. They happened to know the rules that if you reach out to the FBI, that you have a window of time, what is it, 72 hours, that Mm -hmm. before the money leaves the country, that you can get the money back. Barbara got her money back. But what I found, Darren, is when I use real life stories like that, then people, the real estate agents, suddenly they're paying attention. It's like, oh, if it can happen to her or real life stories, it can happen to anyone. So it it takes showing real life stories, showing real dollar amounts for agents to know that um, that's a crime that happens on a regular basis countless times. Um, And it, like you said, it's frustrating because everybody knows we see the headlines, but everyone thinks it's not going to happen to me. It doesn't happen here. Um, it's such a small amount. It doesn't matter. So that's the challenge in this industry when trying to let people know that the crimes are out there, they're happening. They're not going away.
0: And I'll jump on top of that. It's called the, the email, the business email kill chain. And so if you mm-hmm. report it to ic3.gov and you call your local office within, you know, like you said, 48, 20, 48 to 72 hours, um, they have a. chance of getting your money back because what happens is the money goes into an account that the scammer uses, but he doesn't check it all the time. He doesn't like get a report that there's money there, pull it out. He kind of goes there periodically. So when you report that you were scammed by this particular scam and here's where the money went to, wherever you are in the queue, whatever money's left, you may get it back. So she got lucky that she got it all back because sometimes you get it back. Sometimes you get part of it back. And so, but that's that's a great example of two things, understanding the how you can mitigate these risks. And the, she also had to know somebody in the FBI to get on that pretty quickly. Do you ha- so that that be so do you know your local FBI folks in Kansas City?
1: I actually befriended a former agent um, based here, a former FBI special agent, and he has since moved to Florida. Um, So everyone needs, like you're saying, they need to know an FBI agent um, and the local office. So there's value there. And he's a great resource for me. And people Mm -hmm. know and they know and you're really responsive. So they know that you will um, respond if they reach out. Another thing I wanted to say and oh darn, I lost my thought. I'm kind of. I oh, just had a birthday. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of um, the, uh, people talk about cybercrime. And the very, very first thing that I have to say is that cybercrime is a people problem. And I ask agents to be, be still for a moment, sit with that. It is a people problem. You can have all of the antivirus software, you can have um, all of the, the VPNs, you can have everything out here to prevent you from being a victim. None of that means anything if the problem is the person. So it takes a person to click a link to download something in order to be a cybercrime victim. So you have to actively participate in becoming a victim. So that's why education is so important. And when, when people hear that, when agents hear that it makes them stop and think because it's up to them. And I also have a theme where I say you need to pause, stop and think before you act, Um, and I know that it's um, prevalent that the criminals want you to click really quickly. There's always a sense of urgency. You need to do this quickly, and I I almost fell for it. I got a text message, and they're coming to us through text messages, not just emails anymore, um, through Messenger on Facebook, um, even videos. I've heard stories about videos, and um, we'll talk about that when we talk about deep fake because Mm -hmm. that's happening as well, but I got a text message that said, your PayPal account password has been compromised. Click here to reset it. I was I was heading there and then I was like, wait, Tracy, stop okay, go to the PayPal site and then log in and see what's going on. Of course, it was a scam. So we're all trained to immediately respond to stop the threat. Um, one thing that that is prevalent or the thing that's, theme, that's trending now is to say, hey, um, this is your bank. There's a problem with your account or we've detected fraud. We've noticed fraud and everyone thinks it's the bank. It must be okay. So those are the ones that are getting the most clicks and the most responses and people are trusting that. And it's like, <laughs> we're dealing with criminals. You can't Trust that so if you pause, stop, and think before you act, you can save yourself a lot of trouble.
0: Hallelujah, you know what we should do We should create a, a LinkedIn page for scam <laughs> identification because like I had I posted a thing a week or two ago where I got an email and it looked legit. I was like, hmm. Did I order something? Did my wife order something? What is that? Because it, it the, the header information was pretty good, but their send was wrong. Their send information was wrong, or the, the return address was wrong. But they had my they had my actual email. Usually I get like Darren at AOL.com. I'm not sure why that redirects to me, but it does. So mm-hmm. I, usually, I know those are scams. Um, but this one had me thinking. I'm like, what did I order? that is supposed to be coming to me because I didn't do a lot of Amazon. So what we what we need to do is create a LinkedIn page and do, people just post what the scam of the day is. I bet you we'd fill that sucker up pretty quickly and these people will get ideas of, hey, here's what, like your PayPal one, Exactly. I, looking at being able to see what you saw would be very valuable because that's gonna take us to our new topic is uh-huh. the deep fakes and the AI and the chat GTP. Everybody's like, hey, chat GTP, that's so fantastic. So awesome, artificial intelligence, gonna make our lives easier, but no one's looking at the safety issues, right?
1: Right, and okay, two things to back up. Uh, You said when you see what you saw, that's one thing that people have to see it to believe it. And uh, that's why all of my training, I have screen prints this is what a scam email looks like. And it looks like a real email. I have, I think, a Bank of America and another email, and they look legitimate. So I have to show agents that they're no longer these poorly written ones. And criminals have Grammarly. They do spell check too. So the Mm -hmm. emails that you get look legitimate. So you can't just base it on the fact that it's not written by someone who doesn't know English. So that's number one. And number two um, is showing them, you know, these are real scams, this is what it looks like, it looks real, that makes them think twice. And then the third thing you said is seeing. Seeing is not believing anymore. And that's the scariest thing. Everyone's losing their mind over ChatGPT, over DALI, over MidJourney. All of this new artificial intelligence is out there. People are losing their minds. And that's okay. I lost my mind over it, and I'm still doing it now. But what happens is that people are now, especially in the real estate industry, talking about here's how you use Chat uh, GPT to build your business. Here's how you um, set up these bots so you can offer better customer service. Here's how you can write mass emails and send them out in a hurry. So Chat GPT, and um, it's by Open AI, it has its place. Now, some interesting history, just really quickly, is that OpenAI was started, co-founded by Elon Musk. And it was co-founded, it was started as a nonprofit. And the goal was to let's make sure that this doesn't get out of control. Let's make sure it doesn't hurt people and let's just keep it safe. And then we enter, um, then you enter money. Microsoft invested in it. And most recently, Microsoft invested $10 billion into it. So it's no longer um, the good, um, business keeping everyone safe. Now it's free for all. So while agents and everyone else out here were figuring out ways to write copy faster, marketing materials, um, everything, write books and code, criminals were right there looking for the opportunity. So they've been hard at work. And I keep hearing um, people talk about that ChatGPT is going to steal jobs. And I got an opportunity to hear the CEO of Microsoft talking about that topic. And I'll tell you how that relates to real estate safety. So everyone's thinking, you know, if you're a copywriter or you're a writer or content creator, you're going to lose your job or um, just any kind of even IT because it can write code, right? And so Mm -hmm. what he is saying is that it's going to level the field. So you have frontline workers is what he calls them. And then you have um, the executive, the um, high level workers. Now, all of a sudden, this frontline worker can produce documents, code information that this high level worker can. So it doesn't necessarily cost them their job. You have to reimagine what that new job is going to look like. So here's how it impacts the real estate industry. And I wrote, what did I I wrote it. I wrote, it, I, wrote it, I think a blog post on Medium about it. Oh, on LinkedIn too, um, where people are thinking I don't need to hire, you know, a lawyer. I can go to chat GPT and say, tell me the laws about employment or tell me uh, write a contract and chat GPT will do it. And then mm-hmm. where I'm impacted is if someone says we don't need Tracy, the safety lady, I will go to chat GPT and tell it to write a safety manual. And that's where I say time out for a couple of reasons. Um, chat GPT is not connected to the Internet. You need an Internet connection to get to it. But there's no basis on the internet it is not drawing information from the internet it is machine learning so there is a person or a lot of people who fed it the information that we see on this end so you can imagine the volume of information that information stopped in 2021 so Mm -hmm. you cannot ask chat gpt about anything that's happened after 2021 it doesn't know so imagine the person who says we're going to get our safety um uh, information or our legal information from chat gpt it's not going to be up to date so my job in that sense is safe and other uh, professionals and subject matter experts our jobs are safe but i don't want people thinking we can take a shortcut because chat gpt can do everything you still need to fact check it because there were a lot of errors when it first came out at the end of november and there was just an update yesterday so it's more accurate than ever but chat gpt will not will not replace real estate agents or professionals however professionals who use chat gpt may very well replace those who don't.
0: Ah, that's good. That's a very good point. And I see that today they they started a $20 monthly service if you want to be a VIP chat GTP, GPT user.
1: Don't tell me that. Don't don't yeah. do that. And I know that day was coming because they're burning through I heard a million a day um, just servicing in the request. And all sure. of a sudden now I'm getting these, you know, we're our system is busy now. Wait. So what I had to do is I had to go out and find something similar to chat gpt. What you also need to know is that uh, Microsoft owns Bing. And what Microsoft is going to do is store it, including this um, chat GPT features within the Bing search engine. So all of a sudden, Google has some real competition.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So talk about, de- you, you mentioned deep fakes and AI earlier. Talk about the safety concerns regarding those, how they're how they're created. Um, I'm not sure if you follow Dr. Chase Cunningham online, but he talks about this a lot. He'll actually do his own deep fakes of himself, like in movies, just to show how good the the technology is. So talk a little bit about that from a safety perspective and what people should know about it if they're not really paying attention to it.
1: And it's out there and it's easy. A deep fake is basically um, a an image of someone with someone else's face on it. That's the simplest way I can say it. People have seen the fake of uh, Tom Cruise. For some reason, that one's really popular, or Keanu mm-hmm. Reeves, very popular. One deep fake that really made the headlines is um, Ukrainian President Volodymyr um, Zelensky, and it showed him sitting there saying, hey, lay your weapons down. The war is over. And it was broadcast on TV. It was a deep fake. Someone mm. impersonated him and had him say that. And you can see it about political figures, famous people, and it's available for real life people. There are websites that allow you to go on as part of the, the, the way it's presented is for your business. You can create a video of you speaking. It's not really you, and it's recording a message. So it's out there and it's available for everyone to use. And I haven't quite got to that point yet, but I found the site is like, it's just a matter of clicking the button and making it happen. So people are duplicating themselves and you have to, um, practice with your voice. You have to make sure it learns your voice. So what I'm saying is if you think no one's going to fake me, no one's going to copy me, how can they do it? If you've ever recorded or published a video, if you've ever, um, if your voice is anywhere out there, all they have to do is to take an image of your face, all of us are out there, especially in this world where you have to have videos nowadays. All of us have video images out there. All of us have our voices out there. Criminals can simply duplicate your voice and then they can learn it and they can add it to a deep fake. Here I go with the stories. And this happened back in 2019. So there was a deep fake who just imitated the voice of a CEO. So he's talking to an executive and he is saying, hey, you know, I need you to wire, it was $243,000 into an account. So this executive, this company executive is talking to his boss. It sounds exactly like his boss. They're having a conversation on the phone. He wires the money. And it turns out it was a deep fake. So my issue is that in the real estate industry, deep fakes could be properties. Someone could use, and there are mid-journey, There is, um, I've been doing this so often. Um, There are different websites, Lexica, where you can go and create an image. And DALI is also an open open AI company. You can go from voice to image. So you will tell it, create a picture of a three-story house with uh, bay windows in the front, green grass, pine trees, blue sky, um, double driveway, three-car garage, and then push the button, and just like ChatGPT, Magic occurs, and there's the image. So you can imagine the damage mm-hmm. that can be done in the real estate industry. If you think that Craigslist crimes are horrible for taking advantage of consumers, now these people can create realistic um, images. Part of what I had to do in my classes, I teach people, agents, how to spot a deep fake. Here's how you know if that house is real or not. And part of it involves an AI solution, and that includes Google Lens. So you can use, you can put that image in Google Lens, and it's going to let you know if it's found anywhere on the internet. And so there are different steps. There are also software programs that are designed to detect whether or not it's a deep fake image. So those are um, website links that I share. And then when we come to people, um, there is a 22-year-old college student who created a website designed to put the text information from ChatGPT on his site, and it will tell you if it's human written or if it's computer AI-generated. So on one, one side, it's saying, here's the crime. On the other side, technology is keeping up, here's how you detect the crime. And the key is right in the middle, getting to know what's out there and what it is.
0: That's a great point. So I, at the beginning of the, of the first part of the podcast here, I'm gonna talk about this article I saw from PC Magazine uh, from three weeks ago. Microsoft's AI program can clone your voice from a three-second audio clip. It's called. It's called. That one's called Vall-e, vall V-A-L-L-E. Uh, And so, think about that from a. If you've ever called any of the, um, you know, you get the the email that says, "Hey, we renewed your Norton antivirus for four hundred dollars. Call this number if you don't want it." You know, it's 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 someone in a call center in India or somewhere. It's, it's clearly a foreigner, or you know, the IRS agent or whatever. Now with this. It's going to sound just like someone who you're going to say, oh, that that sounds like, like you're saying, like, exactly, you're, you're the, the CEO. Duplicate the CEO's voice, and you can do all sorts of crazy stuff.
1: And when you get those phone calls that will say, uh, can you hear me? And then you immediately say yes. And it's like, oops, all of a sudden, here you are, putting um, right. your voice out there where any criminal making the phone call can record your voice. But it's not even, you don't even have to do that anymore. Think about all of us. I can go online and find a million videos of you with your voice. You can go online and find a million of me in the real estate industry, real estate agents are they're told that they need to get video. So that's, it's easy. And there's a website out there that makes it easy to do that. And I'm on YouTube a lot. And every time I look around, I'm getting a pop-up. Here's how you can um, uh, make voice AI uh, recordings. Here's how you can do the videos, the faceless videos. And it's a legitimate part of the business. So it's out there.
0: So there's a question here. It says, um, please, uh, good madam, please need to know about the first role if safety and security. I'm not really sure what that question is asking. So, sorry, I can't. Um, I'm not sure what that question is. Please need to know about the first role of safety and security. Okay, I'm sorry. Maybe, my,
1: maybe my business, my, my business, I've been in business since 1995. Yeah. And what I do is I teach people to, <laughs> teach people to make, I'm sorry about That's right. I teach people to live and to work safely. And so that's what I've been doing. And I don't just focus on the real estate industry. I also talk to um, home health workers because they're out in the field too. And I have a senior citizen uh, program. I talk to college students. I go to corporations and I do lunch and learns. personal safety, how to be safe at home, on the road, uh, in your car, online. So I am all about safety and security. And it just so happens that the real estate business pretty much took off because the U.S. Department of Labor considers real estate sales and leasing a high-risk, hazardous occupation, and no one was really talking about it. Or better yet, people were talking about it, but it wasn't getting through. And so that's why I had to come up with a way to um, make it appealing and appetizing by adding the financial component to it. And then even with the brokers, managers, and owners, I had to figure out how do I get them to show up and get these safe systems in their office. That means offering the um, antivirus and offering the cybersecurity training. So what I had to do in that case is I had to focus on the liability. You know, if something goes wrong, real estate agents, uh, brokerages, you're going to get sued. So again, I had to make it about finances. So here's how we prevent that from happening. So I talked to them about setting up a safe office, you know, the four walls, what's inside, uh, keeping their equipment secure, um, having safe practices for the agents and not just the agents, but actually the staff who work in the office, making sure the information is secure and protected. So everything that I do is safety and security. And I hope that answered the question.
0: Okay. Well, I posted uh, on the ticker at the bottom, there's your LinkedIn page. So people can go there and mm-hmm. find you there. Um, do you have a website or anything people can find you if they want to bring you to their conference to talk about safety? Because I think, I'm assuming do you, you don't talk just, real. I mean, if, if someone's not a real estate, but they still want to talk about safety, you'll go talk to them, I assume.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I talk to everyone about safety because yeah. this is all that I do. So it's not like I have to run out and do some research on the internet so I can know mm-hmm. what to talk about. I live and breathe safety and um the the ones at the corporations i've done american um, airlines headquarters sprint headquarters hr block headquarters where i go in and talk to their employees because a lot of companies don't always realize that if their employees are victimized even if they're off the clock that that's going to impact their bottom line so i have to go in and tell them you know here's how to be safe personal safety when you're out and about we talk about instinct intuition gut and that way when they are if they're off the clock and they get assaulted or attacked, or if they have a burglary, they're off of the clock. They're at court. They're um, tapping the EAC program. Um, they're um, not at work. So I'm saying, let's keep your people at work. Let's keep them safe. Let me teach them how to be safe, even when they're not here, and that increases morale, helps with retention as well as recruitment. So I talk about all safety, and I have to make it. I have to make it about the finances sometime to get their attention. Right.
0: And so your website is safetyandsecuritysource.com, right? Uh-huh. All right. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast. I appreciate your insight. It was awesome. Um, we could pr- probably go another hour talking about AI and deep fakes and chat GPT, but, but uh, we'll have to hold that off for another time. I appreciate you coming on.
1: Okay. Thank you so much. And everyone can find me and I'm talking more and more, writing more and more about the dangers of chat GPT and the deep fakes and AI because it, it doesn't have to be dangerous if you know what you're doing. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing.
0: Awesome. And follow Tracy on LinkedIn and her website and her Twitter is Tracy Safety Lady. Uh, you got you got a lot of links here. I should have posted them all in there, but go to her LinkedIn page. You'll find all her links. Thanks so much. So I want to thank Tracy Hawkins for joining me on the podcast and the live stream to talk about safety and deep fakes and AI and all that kind of stuff. Because, I, I mean, 2023, I've, I said it earlier and in a previous episode, 2023 is going to be the year of artificial intelligence. It's going to be interesting to see how and where. All of that goes. I thank you so much for listening. Again, if you have thoughts or comments on the podcast, feel free to email me, darren at the Cyber spelled C-Y-B-U-R. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find. Uh, and you can follow my YouTube page. If you like this podcast, I uh, appreciate it. If you would subscribe, hit that subscribe button. It only helps me down the road. I appreciate it. Know that knowledge is protection. If you can understand the threats targeting you, you can assess your risk, and then you can proceed wisely online. Stay safe this week. We will talk again soon.